That was some good ASMR on that yeah. one. Picking up Hartman was big. Go ahead and flex, Kobe. Just flip a coin and hire one of them. Did you get yeah. the sword of uh, John we Adams? We did get the one? sword of John Adams, yeah. At like 11 or midnight, we've decided it's never been a bad idea to have an extra pizza in the refrigerator. But I don't want us to have that bourbon flavor for some of the other earlier beers. So let's start with prom. You don't, you don't want me to be drunk on cameras. That <laughs> The Varsity Brews Podcast. I'm pulling my hair out, guys. What a day. What a Buddy. day. So it's 4.30 and Notre Dame's not in a bowl yet. What's going on here? <laughs> what do you Evan, think, Evan? Need, Aaron, uh, you guys are live from the brewery. I'm hanging on a Red Bull here. Cheers. Where are you at, buddy? I'm in, I'm in the city that never sleeps. New York City. Nice. This city's uh, so nice, they named it twice. That's right. The, the playoff committee asked me to come here to, to check, <laughs> check the temperature of all the teams. No, I'm just kidding. There you uh, go. Let's just, let's just dive right in, guys. What, what an insane day. We knew it was going to be kind of crazy because of the way the games ended yesterday. Georgia getting ousted by uh, Alabama. Uh, and the playoff committee earlier today announcing the top four teams. Michigan, number one, obviously, that was a no-doubter. Number let's go two, blue. Let's go blue. Washington Huskies coming hey, in at hey. number number two. Number that's, three that's was two for Texas. two picks for me, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he think. did pick now, that. When Texas came on the board, I said to myself, Alabama's getting for in. sure. Because they weren't going to put Alabama and Georgia in the Orange Bowl. So you knew that fourth team was going to be Alabama, and surely it was. And we have chaos. Chaos, of course. Florida State feeling the Notre Dame pain from 1993. Um, But what do you guys make of the top four? I know we kind of called this yesterday. Uh, We said, hey, we were all in agreement. This would be the top four. But how do you feel about FSU being left out? I mean, that's a tough one for me. I mean, you win all your football games in a Power Five conference. You know, it's we're not talking UCF from a few years back, but I, I, I understand it. You know, if you're looking at the eyeball test, Texas is playing tremendous football right now. That's true. Alabama is play, they are dangerous right now. Um, so, I, you know, I think you know with 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 FSU losing their quarterback. That's, you know, likely what was probably the deciding factor from the committee was the timing of that injury and then, you know, them kind of squeaking by in an ugly fashion to beat, to beat Louisville. But I was still really surprised. I know we were going back and forth on it yesterday. And, you know, as I went to bed, you know, the top three I had, and I, I still am pretty amazed, though, that they're, they're leaving Florida State out. I really am. Um, and, and actually, to be quite honest, I mean, to, to have, and I know Bama beat Georgia, right? You had Texas beat Bama. What? Georgia had won 29 straight, and that's their mm-hmm. first loss, and they're not even going to make the, the, the final four after coming off and winning a national championship. You know, I'm not saying they necessarily deserved it, but their body of work over the course of the last four years, you know, they got to be pretty upset too. Um, it's, I don't know. I think I think um, you know where it stands right now. I mean, I don't know if you saw the reaction from the Michigan football team. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm telling you right now, you know, I don't think anybody wants to play Bama. Nobody wants to play I don't Bama. think anybody wants to play Texas right now either. Yeah, like, Texas is hot. Both I don't of think Texas at all. 
Michigan's just been really steady the entire year, you know, but, but, but both Texas and Bama right now coming to this final four and granted there's going to be what, you know, almost a month off. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily like you're taking a lot of that momentum from the regular season and playing those games, you know, into this. And I'm curious, you know, how the setup is going to be next year with 12 teams, you know, are you going to take maybe a week or two weeks off and then start playing? I know from a player's perspective, that month off, we didn't like, you know, it was, there's this huge gap between, you know, some of the cohesion, the chemistry that you developed to finish the season, you got conference championship games, and then you wait a month. So, you know, I, I, I don't envy the committee, you know, having to choose from really four one loss teams, you know, in Ohio State, Georgia, Bama, and am I missing one? Well, and then an undefeated Florida State team. Yeah. You know, it's it, it it was really close this year. And with the way college football has gone, there's a ton of parity. Um, but I like this Final Four. I think it's going to be really competitive. You know, you got Michigan or Michigan, Alabama out of the gate. I mean, it's that's not it's a, setting up to be a, a really in good the Rose Bowl too. In the yeah, Rose Bowl, baby, freaking sweet. I mean, listen, college football. Uh, well, let me send a congratulations out to ESPN for eating up those ratings over the last 24 hours. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Oh, holy cow. Because it's they there's 12 teams too. When you have like a December right? madness or, I mean, I forgot about uh, NFL football today. That's how entrenched I was in this whole thing. I, I do believe that Florida state got a raw deal. And here's why, because one of the reasons that the commissioner gave I just saw this interview about 20 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't a great explanation. You're saying, oh, because of the quarterback and the way they're playing. If People I recollect in 2014, Ohio State played with his third string quarterback and won the whole thing. So yeah. that's that's not really I just think this is a personal thing. I don't think the ACC has ever been super cozy with the college football playoff committee. You know, I think the committee it's, it's looks the at the, it's the lesser of the conferences, I think, in a lot of people's minds. I mean, you look at Big Ten and SEC as kind of the top two programs or top two conferences. And, and I mean, you look at the conference realignment even going into next year. I mean, look at the top 10. It's all Big Ten and SEC schools outside of what? Florida State, right? Right. And, and I mean, we're getting closer and closer to those two super conferences that are going to be run by, you know, the media corporations, I think is part of it, that the ACC and whatever's left of the pack next year, they're going to be on the outside looking in. Now, granted, yep. 12 teams is going to help, is going to help that for the pack and for the ACC and even for Notre Dame too, because if you're Notre Dame and if they can somehow manage to win 10 games with half a team next year, they're going to be in. So I don't know. It's, <laughs> It's, but here's the thing, Bahid, is you're right. It was a raw deal. But is it really surprising of the NCAA? Because no whatever, whatever precedents they set, they never adhere to. I mean, and we're talking wide-ranging from – I still laugh at – I don't think we have a good idea on what targeting is and why you're ejected from the game to how NIL is and how the transfer portal has turned college football into this free agency Wild West market that 
really the whole landscape is different. It could be different every year. You know, if you're a player and you have a, a, a one, you know, one opportunity to transfer and not sit out. I mean, team teams rosters across the board can look completely different. And here's one thing that's going to be real unique as we move into like, you know, these two, the SEC and the big 10 as you know, the two power conferences is transfers within the Big Ten or the SEC on a year-to-year basis and how much that right. – I mean, I think it'll even the playing field to an extent because you can make roster moves quicker, but – I mean, you could you could finish third in the conference and probably still go to the, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. championship. Yeah. Um, let, let's just do a, a resume comparison between Alabama and Florida State. Um just kind of for the folks at home who want to know, hey, what was it a little deeper about those two teams? Alabama was fourth in the country or fifth in the country with their uh, opponents ranking, 55th in the country for Florida State with yeah. who they played. Who yeah. they played. For sure. There's no doubt about that played into it. Well, well I think State they played a Louisville team that couldn't score – you know, I mean, they if they had Montana quarterback, I mean, Louisville, I'm seeing tweets on here from other media members today saying, I still don't get how Notre Dame lost to Louisville. Unbelievable. I really think that the, the committee looked at the body of work. I think they approached Florida State as a one-loss team. You know, absolutely. And, I and, agree they, and, and then they say, OK, we're going to look at Alabama, Georgia and Florida State's body of work. They're going to look at the strength of schedule, who they played, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things they're going oh, yeah. to they're going to take into consideration. So, you know, tough, tough call, leaving an undefeated team out. But and it, and it, it, in my mind, too, it is a raw deal because you, you won all the games that you had scheduled. You know, these schedules, what are. A lot of times they're put out five years prior. Um, That's true. But you go and take care of business and you win every football game in the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten, you should expect to have a Final Four spot. That's that's my take. But, again, not surprised by the committee or, you know, how the NCAA approaches it. Um but they've got they've got two really good matchups here to, to kick things off, you know. Well, let, listen, guys, uh, as we are on the air here, there's some breaking news. NC State will play in the Pop Tarts Bowl, not Notre Dame. What? Louisville is going to play in the Holiday Bowl and not Notre Dame. So ah. now we have two big bowls that are off the board. Where's Notre Dame going? Did they turn down a bowl game? Motor City Bowl. Hey, we turned down a bowl game my senior year. I mean, are they going to the Sun Bowl? They're not going to the Gator Bowl. That's Clemson versus Kentucky. Uh, let's see here. We're just we're just doing this live. You know what they should do? They should do a non-sanctioned bowl game against Florida State. That would be fun. Where's Florida State going? Oh, they're playing Georgia, and they're twelve point underdogs yeah, as it that's is right the shot now. That they get. Hey, you're not in the final four, and oh, by the way, you're going to play Georgia. Boy, I I don't know what's Georgia, going on. Georgia's going to win by four touchdowns, probably. At least, at least. 
So we're just kind of waiting on final confirmation. This looks like the last bowl game to be announced here is Notre Dame. Um, yeah, boy, if, if, uh, I mean, Vahid, this is a good segue. I mean, maybe it'll break and they are playing a bowl, but you talk about the fallout since the season has ended. Oh boy. What a mess. An unbelievable amount of people jumping ship. Chancey stuck. 11 to be gone. 11 players. Currently at 11. (laughs) I mean, Aaron's telling him up in the back of the brewery. a mass exodus of yeah. proportions that we haven't seen at Notre Dame, you know, because yeah. Notre Dame usually hangs their hat on. We recruit the players that they're going to be here for three to four years. I mean, I was one of those guys. I almost left. Um, although, you know, in retrospect, Hey, had I had a, a pass where I could transfer once and not sit out, it might've been a little more appealing. Yeah. Um, but if, if th- all of this happens for Notre Dame and then they decide to not play in a bowl game, I'm telling you, it is not a good look. I, I can't tell you how many people have messaged me and been like, what is going on behind the scenes? What do you think is going on here? I mean, and, and here's my question for you. We've talked about coaching before. Whether the players like Chancey Stuckey or not, how do you have how do you have freshmen getting valuable playing time like Rico Flores, who could have been a star at Notre Dame, who saw significant playing time? How do you have guys like that? Chris Tyree. How do you guys have like that that just say, you know what? I'm bouncing? Is that I don't know. a I mean, receivers coach or is that a head coach? Is that an offensive coordinator? What is it I, about I, that? I I think it is, and this is just me reading the tea leaves, not anything from, you know, behind the curtain at Notre Dame. But having been in these players' shoes, I think a lot of it has to do with all of the things that you said, which ultimately falls on the head coach. So it, it, it could be the handling of the firing of Stucky, okay, and... And probably, too, the players looking at the future of the offense in general and Freeman's support for Parker. Um, so I think a lot of it is it, it is it's the handling. It's the handling of the entire situation. Um, you know, the other wild card to this whole deal is you have now a changeover at Notre Dame in the athletic director mm-hmm. and the president all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, had Swarbrick continued, you know, maybe how it was done or what happened would have been different. Again, we don't know the, the, the goings on behind the scene, but right. You know, this is, there's a lot, I think there's a lot of panic within within Notre Dame nation. I mean, what back-to-back seasons where you're not winning 10 games coming off of five straight years of 10, 11, 12 wins. And I mean, I said it last year, you know, it's a step backwards. That's crazy to me, Evan, though, that you have like a nine and three program that you're panicking at a nine and three program. But that's because you had five years of 10, 11, 12 wins. And it wasn't like there was, vast change outside of the, I mean, sorry, I guess losing your head coach is a vast change, 
but they hired from within, they promoted from within. So you lose the head coach and you lose an offensive coordinator, which, you know, all the slander early on. And I was probably a little bit, I was, I was probably on that boat after watching the middle Tennessee state game that Alabama played and Texas. But, and I said this on an early podcast, Saban is going to earn his paycheck this year. <laughs> and that dude did. And, well, and I'm and, sorry. And I'm sorry like a snake. to interrupt you for a second to add insult to injury. <laughs> your former offensive coordinator now is <laughs> talking mad shit because he is in the college football but, playoff. Yeah. And here, but here, here's the thing I like to point out too is, is, is it, oh man, this might be, this might be mean. I don't know. But, but again, I think had Kelly been the head coach this year and Reese was still the offensive coordinator, I think they're in the college football playoffs. You think they're undefeated? I don't know if they're undefeated, but I'm just telling you that there would have been changes made in that offense similar to kind of what we saw. I mean, what, game game three following Texas, Milrow was benched. Yeah, everybody I was going to ask you, do you think you would have ever imagined when you went to that game, when was that? Like, was it September? And then watching the Texas game, no chance. But they just quietly got better. They got, you know, more consistent. Milrow was able to start to make some some plays with his arm. Gave some extra money to the I players. Mean, and, and, and you look – I mean, look at that game against Georgia. He what, started out, what, 0 for 6 or 0 for mm-hmm. 7, but was still making plays with his feet, and then he settled in throwing. So, you know, I, I don't know what to say about this Notre Dame program right now. It's – I hate to say it, but it's at a crossroads. I mean, I'll see you at the crossroads. By the way, Aaron, you guys lose eleven players. This is that's a little bit of an exodus. And also, too, is I don't, I don't think that Notre Dame is a program that's built to take advantage of the transfer portal to fill the needs that they have to have this year. Mm-hmm. Is it maybe they get one or two guys per year, a good quarterback like they got in Sam Hartman, you know, maybe a running back or a defensive end here and there. But to go out and have to get 10 to 15 players to fill spots by guys that are leaving who played meaningful downs. We're not just talking about guys oh, that, were, sure. that hadn't played or, you know, wanted to be closer to home or, I mean, Next year, and I said this before all this happened, is if the writing on the wall for me was next year was eight and four or seven and five. So if that happens, Fahid, and I don't think you can fire a coach after three years, but that fourth year for Freeman, if he does not win 10, 11, or 12 games, I think something changes. So here's here's the question. Let me me just say this, number one, um, from a media source here. Pete Sampson, we all know Pete. Um, he said that appears Notre Dame will be playing a bowl game in Charlotte, <laughs> El Paso in the Sun Bowl, oh, or boy. New York in the Pinstripe Bowl. Oh, buddy. Man. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, I was here talking Maybe to the person about Notre Dame's bowl game. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but my question for you, uh, Evan, was this. You know, on that point, right, on that, what were you just talking about? We were talking about um, the point, the last point that you just made. 
uh, kind of just state of the union at Notre Dame. I mean, the mass transfers and this being really a pivotal, pivotal or I think a crossroads for the program because, I mean, you look at Willingham to Weiss, Weiss to Kelly. Uh-huh. Okay? I still think Willingham was fired too early. All uh-huh. right. But Weiss came in and he did a lot of things on the non-football side that brought Notre Dame back to a position where they could build some credibility and some consistency on the football field. Okay. Right. His miss was his inability to connect with college athletes and develop those college athletes. You don't have to do that in the NFL. They're in the NFL because they're already good. Right. And there's not turnover. Managing personalities. It's a business. All right. So I'll give, I will, I don't often give Charlie Weiss credit, but I will in this specific situation because he did leave the program better than he found it for Kelly. And then Kelly was able to take that with, you know, some years of, I guess we'll say mediocrity into a decent season or two. You had the lightning strike in 2012, you know, I mean, that was early on. And then following that four and eight season, and it's funny because I've talked to some ND fans about this where, you know, I bring up the fact that Kelly had to make some tough decisions following that four and eight season. And most people are of the opinion that it wasn't him. Yeah. So I, I think, I think, and I'm not a Kelly Stan, Vahid. I'm not. But I think the I think the Kelly slander from the Notre Dame fame fan base is a little bit misput because regardless, those tough calls, it's not like he was, you know, sitting at his house and wasn't part of those discussions. Now, you know, maybe he fought for strength and conditioning coach to stay the same or some uh, you know, coordinators and assistants to stay the same. But the bottom line is, under his watch, they made some vast changes following that four and eight season that yielded to eleven and one, ten and two, twelve and one, eleven and two. Right. Whatever the final season was, fifty-four wins in a five-year time frame. Okay, that's and good. You've got this transition, and this was my biggest fear. Vahid was. You left a win. You left a consistent winning program. If you ask any fan base, hey, would you be okay if you won ten to eleven football games every year? Every program is going to say yes. Every program is going to say yes. Okay. And now you've gone back to back seasons. I mean, you lost to Marshall in year one. And and Cal and Cal, and then you're nine and three again. No, Stanford. Stanford could have been could have been eight and four. You know they probably should have lost to Duke, but I guess you could make the argument that they had an opportunity to beat Ohio State, right? Um, should have beat Clemson. I don't know how, again how they lost to Louisville. So I guess I'm saying all that to say, Vahid, is <laughs> where there's smoke, there's fire, and I think it's burning right now. And ultimately, that stops with the head coach. I think, and I said, I've said this before, where he doesn't strike me as the guy who can lose a locker room. I think he has a little bit. Well, it, this goes into my question that I had, and I remember the question. 
and then we can we can talk about the matchups and and what we think and and still no announcement here on El Paso, Texas. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean that's uh, I mean you might as well just sit out the bowl game. Um, so, I no, get three to Kelly to start that game. I mean, I think to be honest, I mean, I I don't don't you think Hartman's going to start? Needs to start. I, 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 I heard that he's going to sit out. He's going to sit out and get ready for, for the, draft prep. Yeah. Well, and he has no receivers, right? I mean, like the guys you've been playing with all year are gone. So, um, so, so the question was, and and um, Aaron, please chime in on this one as well because it used to be three years. You develop a program. You see how you're doing between years three, four, five. What does it look like if it's on an upward trajectory? It's kind of like sales, right? Sales are kind of like a three to five year thing. You see what's going on. And then you know if you have, you know, you have the backlog of talent. You have, you know, it's an upward trend. Is it like that anymore because of the transfer portal? Do you give a coach three years, four years, five years because of the transfer portal? I mean, you are getting talent. You can turn this thing around in two days. Washington turned it around. Um, FSU turned it around. So, I mean, you guys, you're getting, it's it's like the NFL. You get guys, and from one year to the next, you may be worse to first. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go first. I'll give my, I'll give my opinion. I've, I've, got, I've got a quick answer that. for Notre Dame. All right. Yeah, Evan's got a quick answer. I'm going to give you my 30-second version. My theory is that we all have talked about it. The transfer portal has changed the game of college football. It really right. has, right? It's basically becoming a new mini semi-pro, you know, development program for feeding into the NFL, Right. Right. So I agree. Every, every year the game has changed. Yes, it's definitely changed how long a coach is going to be there, whether it be three years, four years, or five years. Maybe where back in the day that three to five year span was, you know, acceptable and, and, and you get to move forward. Hardball, we talked about before, but it took eight or nine years before they turned the page, right? Let's call it what it is. Yeah, but, they, but they knew, like, he's a Michigan guy. He's a Michigan guy. They started winning the games that they should. They weren't winning the big one at that time. Yeah, like, they weren't also, winning the big one. They weren't going to be able to go out and get anybody else. Yeah. Now the game has changed, though, where guess what? If Michigan loses a top running back or a wide receiver or somebody got you know promised something or at Notre Dame somebody got promised extra playing time, you're going to have so many catches a game. Guess what? Me as a player, if I'm a freshman or sophomore, I get one-year pass. Boom, I'm taking it because guess what? I want to up my draft stock for that pro level, especially if I think I can get there. That's my take on it. So let me ask you this: How many players have transferred from Michigan this year? Not a lot, none. Actually, I, I, I don't. Maybe one. I think last year we had a couple, but not a lot. And I think that that yeah, what McNamara left, and guess what? He was watching us on the sidelines in the Big yeah, Ten championship. That was that was probably the right move for him. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would say he wasn't going to play. <laughs> it was, know, but I think that also does speak to the strength of the program. You know that they see value in wanting to stay at Michigan. Yeah. Absolutely. We're staying at whatever school that is. And a lot of that has to do with guys like Jim Harbaugh and, and, and Nick Saban. And, you know, Saban's a good example. Of this. They don't have a ton of players transfer, but there are unique situations. You know, Jalen Hurts being one of them. And I don't know if you guys have seen, you know, some of the conversations with Saban on that. It was, 
here, do this for me. And then we're going to, we're going to help prepare you because he saw Hertz as an NFL talent and look at him now. Yeah. So I think a lot, I think a lot of it is the approach from the head coach. Um, and I'll give my, Saban is a hell of a coach. I I'll, mean, Saban's the best ever. God, best, I mean, ever. best ever. Um, we're going to beat him though. Here's my here's my quick take on that, Vahid, as it relates to Notre Dame, and I kind of already said this. Yeah, is um, Notre Dame is 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 not built to have massive success in the transfer portal. Okay, Um, you know if if I'm if I'm a player, and of course you know when I wrote my priorities were different that I wrote down. You know, like when I was looking at going to a school for college, proximity to home was important. Academics, I wanted to play two sports. I just don't think that today's college athlete looks at Notre Dame as a huge opportunity professionally, even after football is done. Okay. Really? I I think, well, it takes a special person. And I would say that a lot of those special people are not five-star NFL caliber players. Okay. So, can Notre Dame go out and get a good quarterback in the transfer portal this year? Yes, they did that last year. But again, I don't – that's why this mass exodus mm. is – it's telling the program and also – I'm telling you, it's, you know, it, it's like a running – like a triple option football team down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. That's what it is. They're not built for it. Notre Dame is not built to go out and get 10 to 15 players in the transfer portal. It's not Deion Sanders at, at Colorado, you know, who can do that type of thing. But Notre Dame is going to have to. Um, Otherwise, you, know, you think this is going to be more like Boston College than Florida State. I, I'm just saying, it, it, you think the long-term viability of Notre Dame being a college football power, and I think this has been the question since 1988, right? This has been the Notre Dame question. When are we going back to the national championship? The the validity of Notre Dame as a college football power, because of who it can get now in the transfer portal, is one of the reasons you think that they're kind of in trouble. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So can I offer this, Evan? Here's what, here, here's what happens with successful business programs because college football has become a business. They change. My, my, my two cents, the Coach Freeman is in Notre Dame, you got to change. you got to change with the times. Times are different. Technology is different. They like, paid for a quarterback this year. Yeah, right? Guess what? They got a quarterback. The biggest new change, if you want to compete for a national title, in my opinion, is the transfer portal. You've got players out there. They're going to be great talents that go to a certain school. Guess what? They didn't fit. Maybe it didn't fit. The a coach leaves. Whatever happens, you've got to change. My my best advice I get to Notre Dame and Freeman is, guess what? Sign up for the new business direction. McDonald's did it when they started serving um, uh, the, the, the cafe uh, uh, frappuccinos, right? They never thought they were never going to be like a Starbucks. But guess what? They realized they had to compete. So if Notre Dame wants to compete, like just like Starbucks and McDonald's, it's a it's a fair analogy because it's a business. They've well, got to get in the game and start realizing we got to change the program to get us into the, the transfer portal and make us competitive. I can take this further too. Go ahead, Bede. Well, I I, I have one right thing, there, on and, and I back your statement because the CFP has become a business, right? NCAA football has become 100%. a business. Notre Dame just hired a business mind. 
to lead their athletics program. Somebody who's been at the top of the chain. Somebody who's been with NBC Sports and Universal and the head of golf. And they have the business mind. And, you know, with all due respect, I, I, I honestly think Jack was also a business mind. You know, he was more on the legal law end of it, but he was a business mind too. So I do agree with you, but it seems like Notre Dame has that in place already. Maybe it's not the right fit. Though. Uh, Maybe you don't got okay. the right business. Guy. So what I'm going to bring – so my opinion on all this, because you're right, but they had Jack I'm going to get him a refill while he's thinking. They had, yeah. Jack, they had Jack Swarbrick, the Heat, and I, I think he was a great AD. Yeah, uh, I, I do too. I agree with you there. Here's, here's the part where I think Aaron is on to something, and I, I – I, I believe I agree with you too. Where they had Jack Swarbrick, they have a, now you know his predecessor coming from a business mind too. And I, the Heat, I've said this since I've been at Notre Dame. The problem is not within the athletic department. Mm. And Kelly, for how long was Kelly there? Ten years, whatever. Twelve years. Kelly was there. Yeah, twelve. Twelve. 12 ten years. years. Ten, 10 years. eleven years. Yeah, 10 years. And he would say in all of his press conferences, cheers, cheers, sorry, quick beer break. If you remember, his tagline was, we're going to graduate everybody and we're going to play for national championships. Yeah, graduate champions, no, graduate no, players. And- graduate everyone and win national, play for national championships. Would you think and both I is never, hard to do? Whenever he said it, I never believed that he believed that they could do both. You ha- you can do one or the other in today's college football landscape. How I explain this to people is, so I was top 10 in my Marshall graduating class academically. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had no business being at Notre Dame academically. Zero. I would never raise my hand in the classes where participation was mandatory. I dreaded just saying something because I didn't want to look stupid around all these other freaking geniuses that are in my class. And you finished top 10 in your graduating class. In my high school class. Yeah, for sure. Uh, But there are a lot of guys on our team that didn't, that didn't graduate top 10. And so I think until there are some changes on the marriage between academics and athletics, look at Stanford right now. What's happening to Stanford? Nope. All right. And Aaron said, you got to change with the times. So there's, again, a ton of crossroads for Notre Dame right now. Transfers, new AD. Um, Still an independent. New, new president, uh, yeah. yeah. You got the super conferences forming, and you're an independent. Although the case, the the Florida State situation makes the case for being an independent nondescript at this point because he had a Power Five champion that got ousted. So true, you know, true. But you're gonna what you're gonna run into is who are you gonna schedule? You know, That's they're gonna right. have to keep playing the bottom of the barrel ACC and pack teams. Well, have you looked at next year's ACC. schedule? The what? Have you looked at next year's schedule? For Notre Dame? Yes. Oh, yeah. Have you looked Let's at see. Michigan's, though? Yeah. Michigan's oh, it's got a crazy. Michigan's Oregon. got a schedule next year. 
Or well, I think it was so. So here's this. So a couple hey, weeks. You don't ago, have to go undefeated yeah, anymore you, to make the yeah, twelve. You, have to, you don't have to go undefeated. That's a fair. You statement. can get in with three losses. Yep. You can get in with three. Uh, losses. Three. Close. Maybe. It'll be close. You're playing. Have you seen their schedule that year? Yes, yes. Yes. So so I went to check Wisconsin's schedule a couple of weeks ago because we always go to a year. We try to go to a game every year to Wisconsin. By the way, Plugola, they're playing LSU in the ReliQuest Bowl. LSU uh, by a billion. That's a so bad matchup. For no get, a, get a media pass for that one. Hey, hold no, on, that's hold a bad on. matchup before, for Scotty, baby. There you go, but he let me wrap it up. So no, I don't I was, have to go. I'm just checking the schedule. I I was on track to graduate. We all all players were on track to graduate in three and a half years. Three and a half years. Yeah. So, how about we do this? And this is maybe a little bit of a bold move, and I'm pulling a little bit from Cardell Jones on his quote of, you know. We ain't here to play school, all right? Change who you're recruiting. Just because you're a, um, you know, a poor student. Right. Or maybe you're not smart doesn't mean that you're a bad person. So let's check the boxes on character. Okay. And badass football player. And then let's do, let's get creative on the academic side where, hey, maybe you take six credits a semester for your first two years. Or someone pitched this to me before, too. Take zero classes for three years. Just play football. And then, you know what? Let's say you go to the NFL, but when you're done with it, we're going to pay for you to come back and get your education, and you're going to do it. You'll sign paperwork to do it, okay? And you know those guys that don't have a window to go to the NFL? They're going to want to get their degree anyways. So it's how do you structure and how do you get – the guys that are second string and third string, because you look at rosters at Georgia and Alabama, Michigan now, it isn't just their first string players that are studs. Second string, third string guys are too. And I think a lot of that is the approach to how you balance academics and athletics. Right. If you ask any Notre Dame fan, hey, this guy, he had a 2.0 GPA in or in high school. He's really good at football, and he's a good kid, and it means that you win 10, 11, 12 games at Notre Dame. Do you really think that as an alumni that they're going to be upset that or, or try to pitch the argument of, you know what, my diploma is tarnished now because this guy right here who was, you know, Bottom five percent in his high school graduating class got in another day. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. Brian Kelly took that program to as high as he could, right? And 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 played for a national championship. Got smoked, but played for a national championship. So until there is, there are some big changes on the academic admissions, all of those things, and that's something that Weiss did, and actually Willingham did too. Back, back before Willingham, you could not get accepted to Notre Dame until you went through admissions. They couldn't even offer a scholarship till you, till the admissions department accepted you as a student. And that got changed. But imagine running a football program where you can't extend an offer until you determine whether or not that person can qualify through admissions. It's a dark ages. But, 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 okay, I do agree. No other programs doing that? They're not. They're not. And I do agree. And Jack has come out and said so as well, said, hey, 
you know what? If it's not for everybody, right? I mean, that's. But if that's, you want to win national championships, it's got to be for everybody. But he also but like, said they have to win a national championship to stay relevant in college football. I mean, he also otherwise you're going to Toledo or MSU. Well, I, I guess I <laughs> well, guess we're, what hey, I'm saying is then we're, we're going to the Sun Bowl, baby. We're going to the Sun Bowl. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't fans, know if we are or not, but what Notre Dame fans need to do then is they have to temper their expectations. That's fair. A lot of people on Twitter right now, buddy. Notre oh. Dame still doesn't have a bowl game. What's going so, on? Social media is blowing up. How right do you, now. how do you first of all they finished ahead of NC State, right? So wouldn't they be invited to the Pop Tarts Bowl? I'm telling you, there's a chance they don't play. Notre Dame's going to Yankee Stadium next year. Do they play two games in a row at Yankee Stadium two years in a row? He, this is the it's, Sun Bowl? It's, it's 520 Eastern Central Time or Eastern Standard Time right now, and they don't have a bowl game. There's a chance they're not playing. That's crazy. That's it's actually crazy to think of. Well, I just was just texting my group and I said, wonder if they turned down a bowl game because those were the ones left. And and they the person said that would be crazy. And I said, I mean, 11 players leaving is also crazy. Well, you got 11 players leaving and, and you end up in the Sun Bowl and then maybe you lose the Sun Bowl. What is that? That's right. To I mean, I. But if you do go play in that, is Hartman going to play? Yeah. Going no, to the Sun Bowl? No. Is Estime going to play? Yeah. No, for no, sure no. not. Estime has gone. After what happened this at the end of this year, I think Hart, Estime was considering coming back. If you ask him the same question right now, I think you would say, I'm going hey, to the NFL. Here's a, hot, here's a hot take. Had they given him 20 carries a game, he would have won the Heisman Trophy. Maybe he'll transfer to Michigan. <laughs> buddy hey hey he's got one just, right listen can i say this tongue-in-cheek because this is what i like to do <laughs> can i just officially say now that notre dame is a soccer school <laughs> <laughs> notre dame soccer program is good <laughs> hey they're going to the final four whatever hey, you call it i'll tell you what they've always been competitive um uh, it's it's boy we're sitting you're right we're sitting here at 521 and yeah. there is no bowl game yet that's that's a little scary to me. I don't know. <laughs> but there's still a couple bowl games left to be announced, I think. What do you think? Notre Dame Nation is getting nervous, buddy. What's your heart telling you, Bahid? Uh hold on. Well, time out. Hold on. I have to get the door, so hold on. <laughs> What's happening? Uh Bahid had to get the door, apparently. He ordered room service. Kenny Vahid Tarmac is on the road while me, while me and Evan are back. Let's pull up Audric Estime's stats this year. At home base, working hard. Okay. Boy, go game by guys, game. this is – Okay, ready? Here, ACC's battle of the Bulls continues. Notre Dame, UNC, Virginia Tech, and Miami, destinations unknown, with the only openings are at the Duke's Mayo Bowl. <laughs> hey, Although that's good mayo, that's uh, hey, like that's actually they can right they can there. dump mayo all over. Uh, Duke's mayo is fantastic mayo. I'm not sure that's where I want to play. But the Pinstripe Sun and the Military Bowl, ACC's top three picks are the Pop Tarts, Gator, and Holiday. Could not select the Irish sources said. Wow, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're going to the Duke's Mayo Bowl, buddies. Get a little mayo on your face, or? 
All right, that Wisconsin schedule. Let's hear it. All right. Wait, let's do the Notre Dame schedule first because I have it pulled up. All right. So the Notre Dame schedule is this. Saturday, August 31st at Texas A&M. Loss, I would say. I mean, that's a tough place to play. If you were to look at the schedule and go win, loss, win, loss, win. Okay, loss. That's a loss. Northern Illinois University, September 7th. Win. At Purdue. Win. Miami of Ohio. Win. <laughs> Although, hey. Come on, guys. They, these are tough hey, teams here, okay? Mac champs, baby. <laughs> Move oh, yeah, there. Mac Champs. Hey, I forgot I had, about that. I had somebody throw out that Notre Dame should hire Chuck Martin. Ooh. They're 10 and uh, 2 this year. Yeah, I know. Louisville at home. <laughs> Loss. Stanford at home. Win. At Georgia Tech. Loss. Versus Navy. Win. Florida State at home. Loss. Hey, that's fair. Virginia at home. Win. At USC. Loss. So this is not a tough schedule, though, by any means. Like, we're not. Hey, off the cuff, early take, I got them eight and four. What's that? Eight and four? Early take. Early take. And that's, you know, that's pending anything they do in the portal because they're going to have to go to it. Right. Here, I'm looking at Wisconsin 2024 football schedule. I was flabbergasted on how tough this schedule was. All right? Hey, these new teams joining the Big Ten really hurts teams like Wisconsin, Iowa. Oh, for sure. Illinois. Can I ramble I mean, off Michigan's uh, schedule Rutgers, real quick? Maryland. So, so, Camp Randall, first two games, uh, pretty good. Western Michigan, we should get the W. Versus South Dakota. South Dakota is not a pushover. They're like North Dakota State. What are the? We're, we're still gonna say. Yeah, what's, what's, what's Alabama? Alabama at Camp Randall next year. Loss. Good, good luck with that one. You, you, we should go, guys. By the way, that'd be fun. <laughs> at USC in loss. Los Angeles. That's a loss. They're two and two. Yeah. Home versus Purdue at Rutgers at Northwestern. Okay. Then to close out the season, they have versus Penn State. Okay, five and three at Iowa. Oh, Oregon that one, that at home. That was tough. Is it a night game or Iowa is a toss up for me? Well, we don't know about that one yet. Yeah. Versus Oregon at home. Okay, four losses at Nebraska, <laughs> who I think is going to be better. Wait, five hundred? Nah. And Minnesota, they're going to be five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be five hundred. Now here is Michigan. Schedule. Michigan's got a tough schedule. I'm looking at it. Michigan schedule. Whoops. Why am I doing that? Here we go. Michigan football schedule. Fresno State. Easy. Texas. Texas. With, hard with game. Viewers hard, coming back. Hard, hard game. Arkansas State. W. USC. Tough game. I think they beat USC, though. Minnesota, Washington. Washington in Seattle. That's a tough environment. At Illinois, win versus Michigan State, win versus Oregon. No Bo Knicks. Indiana, Northwestern, and Ohio win. State. Boy, that is a grind. I don't know. I mean, 
That's a solid. I think it's a tougher schedule than this year. It is. It is. But so Penix is gone, right? Yeah, Penix is gone. And Knicks is gone. gone. Caleb Williams will be back, and Quinn Ewers will be back. So I think, I think the two toughest games are Texas and Ohio State. Ohio State State has to go to Oregon and Penn State next year. But they have a pretty sick schedule otherwise. You know what's starting? The start of two super conferences. At the end of the day, it's going to be the Big Ten and the SEC. My prediction, four to five years. For what? For those two conferences to align. All these SEC other and Mich- SEC and yeah, there's only gonna be two major power conferences. We're talking about power five. I think it's gonna be power two when we're all done. You're probably gonna have to rename them, maybe. I you know, I guess we're past 10 teams is the last time Way I checked, past. right? You're gonna yeah, have the Big 20. Ten and the SEC, but I think it's gonna take about four or five years for all these programs to figure out this is now becoming a business. College football is a business. Yes, we want kids to get their education because that's a good thing that, as a parent, you should do. Have get them a de- get them a degree, get them a job. Because guess what? Not every kid is going to like play professional football the rest of his life. But what's going to happen is it is already the stars are already aligning, and it's happening. The transfer portal's taking us there. The new alignment of all these conferences is taking us there. Look what's happening in in the NCAA right now. The NCAA is really becoming irrelevant, right? And so now this is what's happening. We're going to two conferences. I'm saying four to five years. Mark it down. What's the date today? December 3rd, 2023. That there's going to be two major conferences when this thing's all said and done. Call it 12 teams in the playoffs. I think that's where we're going. And here's what Notre Dame needs to do then. They need to reach out to the ACC, what's what's left of the pack, the MAC, and form their own conference and just win 11 games. Yep. And you're in. I like that. They have like a third – maybe it's three power guys. Well, the problem, the problem for Notre Dame is this now, and you're looking at next year with the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams. Uh, they're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the power te- conferences, right? Well, it's a tougher yep. conference. Yep. So yep. You're probably going to have three at least from each of the power conferences. At least. Right, so like three from the SEC, three from the Big Ten, yeah, maybe you could, four. You could make an argument, though, within the SEC for four. You could for the Big Ten. Well, and now the Big Ten expanding, you could have six. So where does that leave Notre Dame? That means that you're if between you lose two, two and four teams. Two and four teams. Yeah, two, yeah, yeah. It'll leave so if Notre Dame loses there. two, they're out. Uh, I don't know. I think if they get to ten, they're in. Do you think they get to 10 wins next year? I don't. Boy, we're just hoping for the Pop-Tarts. Well, we were hoping for the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> this is crazy. You're that hoping. has ended, Vahid. <laughs> Listen, we were sitting here three weeks ago saying, there's still a chance at a New Year's Six Bowl. I never said that. Yeah, I think Vahid was saying that. <laughs> no, I was saying that. I, I, admittingly, I was the only one You're saying You're a diehard, that. buddy. We love you for Now it, I'm too. sitting here saying, Coach Freeman's going to have Duke's mayo all over his face? I, you know, I don't. <laughs> Where I is give that? up. Where is that game? That's, a, that's in Charlotte? Yeah. And the celebration is they take mayo yeah. and dump it all over the coach's head. I think there's direct flights from South Bend to Charlotte, though, so that's <laughs> nice. There are, but we're not. We're not. I'm not. My tattoo artist is there, so maybe I'll make a trip. <laughs> 
I'm hoping for the pinstripe bowl. <laughs> Jeter. Um. All right. So hey, early take right here. I'm not gonna make my official pick. Well, don't make your predictions yet because we're gonna do it during the holidays. I know. Show. I'm not going to. Oh, we don't even want to make the official picks. No, not yet. Not yet, because we've there. got the we've got the Duke's Mayo Holiday Bowl or whatever. Here's what we're I'll going say. To. I'll give a little teaser. All right, a little teaser. Give us a teaser. I'm really conflicted on the Michigan Alabama game. I really am. I know where I am for Texas Washington. I know my pick on that. I'm really conflicted on Bama Michigan right now. I think that's going to be an awesome football game. That's. That's, I think they I'm match up really that well. is one of the greatest Rose Bowl games of all time. I think they match up really well, those two teams. I believe um, the uh, Bar- Barstool Sports president basically said, can I yeah. quote or can yep. I quote or not quote? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely you- quote it. I don't care. All right, quote it. Here we go. It's if this doesn't show. make you hard, you don't like sports. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> There's a picture of Bama versus Michigan. It does look really nice. It does. Buddy, right? Are you going to that game or what, buddy? Man, I'll tell you what, man. If, I, if my wallet could afford it, man, I'd love to do that. I've never been to the Rose Bowl. I've always wanted to go and, and pull Pretty off a Charles Woodson and and, and uh, put put the rose in my mouth. You know, I've, I've never gotten to do that in my life. You know, I'm a lifelong Michigan fan. Um, but here's to support Aaron's trip to the Rose Bowl, please come to our yeah. holiday party and buy all of the double whip cherries. Yeah, that's a great idea. What is hey, absolutely. <laughs> Thursday, which December leads, 14th. Which leads us to the next segue is the holiday ugly sweater party. It's happening again. Double whip cherry. Double um, whip this time. Whip it good. Double whipped. Does that mean the ABV is higher? Or there's more. Yeah, there's it's going to be whip. a little bit higher ABV. Right. Hey, I'm not complaining, buddy. The, 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 the hey, higher we go on the Richter scale, the more I'm in. You know, you mean? Yeah, you still got a five ounce coming to you, mate. <laughs> so that is next Thursday, the 14th. We start at 5:30 p.m. Come with your best ugly sweaters. I'm sure yeah. Jules has picked out a winner already. Uh, Aaron, you said you got yours the other day. Oh man, I got a ringer. I got a ringer. I'm not even eligible, but I still got a ringer. And uh, and uh, what else? What else we want to say about the holiday party? It's gonna be a great time. We got Santa's gonna be showing up, having a few beers. Uh, you know, if you want to have come to a place where obviously you get to watch some sports, have a good time, have a good conversation. Obviously, life is busy, and it's always important to remember to slow down. Um, you know, sometimes and enjoy a, a, a nice beverage, uh, adult beverage that is uh, here and there. Um, the, the last year's party was a banger. We're, we're super excited. We got the varsity boost podcast, second annual going live, you know? Um, so yeah, it should be, uh, it'll be a full house. Get here early, five thirty to eight thirty. Um, but, uh, we're super excited about it. Uh, we got, awesome. we may even drop may a super, super rare extra WWE release beer that day. Just to, just to up the end a little, you know, spicy. Well, we're excited about it, and I'm sorry we don't have breaking news on the Duke's Mayo Bowl here. Um, <laughs> is it going to happen? <laughs> I don't know. It's 5:30 East Coast Central East Coast time. I I give up. I'm not waiting two hours for Duke's Mayo Bowl release party here. So <laughs> we'll of course have it on the next podcast. So you don't want to miss that. Um, well, all right, gentlemen. Good stuff. Alabama is in. Uh, Washington is in, Michigan is in, and Texas is in. Good stuff. Thanks, boys. Cheers, brother. 
We'll see yeah, you on yeah. the next podcast, December 14th at Westwind Brewery. Yeah.